Welcome to this new Uvula Audio children's presentation of L. Frank Baum's The Twinkle Tales, Volume 3, Prairie Dog Town, Chapter 1, The Picnic. On the great western prairies of Dakota is a little town called Edgeley, because it is on the edge of civilization. A very big word which means some folks have found a better way to live than other folks. The Edgeley people have a good way to live, for there are almost 17 wooden houses there, and among them is a schoolhouse, a church, a store, and a blacksmith shop. If people walked out their front doors, they were upon the little street. If they walked out the back doors, they were on the broad prairie. That was why Twinkle, who was a farmer's little girl, lived so near the town that she could easily walk to school. She was a pretty, rosy-cheeked little thing with long, fluffy hair and big round eyes that everyone smiled into when they saw them. It was hard to keep that fluffy hair from getting tangled, so Mama used to tie it in the back with a big, broad ribbon, and Twinkle wore calico slips for school days and gingham dresses when she wanted to dress up or look especially nice. And to keep the sun from spotting her face with freckles, she wore sunbonnets made of the same goods as her dresses. Twinkle's best chum was a little boy called Chubbins, who was the only child of the tired-faced schoolteacher. Chubbins was about as old as Twinkle, but he wasn't so tall, and rather than slender for his age as she was, he was short and rather fat. The hair on his little round head was cut close, and he usually wore a shirtwaist and knickers, with a wide straw hat on the back of his head. Chubbins' face was very solemn, He never said many words when grown folks were around, but he could talk fast enough when he and Twinkle were playing together alone. Well, one Saturday the school had a picnic, and Twinkle and Chubbins both went. On the Dakota prairies there are no shade trees at all, and very little water except what they get by boring deep holes in the ground. So you may wonder whether people could possibly have a picnic. But about three miles from the town, a little stream of water which they called a river, but what we would call only a brook, ran slowly and muddily across the prairie. And where the road crossed it, a flat bridge had been built. If you climbed down the banks of the river, you would find a nice shady place under the wooden bridge. And so it was here that the picnic was held. All the village went to the picnic, and they started bright and early in the morning, with horses and farm wagons and baskets full of good things to eat and soon arrived at the bridge. There was room enough in its shade for all to be comfortable, so they unhitched the horses and carried the baskets to the river bank, and began to laugh and be merry as they could. Twinkle and Chubbins, however, didn't care much for the shade of the bridge. This was a strange place to them, so they decided to explore it, and see if it was any different from any other part of the prairie. Without telling anyone where they were going, they took hold of each other's hands and trotted across the bridge, and away into the plains on the other side. The ground here wasn't flat, but had long rolls to it, like big waves on the ocean, so that as soon as the little girl and boy had climbed over the top of the first wave or hill, those by the river lost sight of them. They saw nothing but grass in the first hollow, but there was another hill just beyond, so they kept going and climbed over that too. And now they found lying in the second hollow one of the most curious sights that the western prairies afford. "'What is it?' asked Chubbins wonderingly. "'Why, it's a prairie dog town,' said Twinkle. 
Chapter Two, Prairie Dog Town. Lying in every direction and quite filling the little hollow were round mounds of earth, each one having a hole in the center. The mounds were about two feet high and as big around us or washed up, and the edges of the holes were pounded hard and smooth by the pattering feet of the little creatures that lived within. Isn't it funny? Said Chubbins, staring at the mounds. Yeah, awful funny," replied Twinkle, staring too. "Do you know, Chub? There are animals living in every single one of those holes. What kind?" asked Chubbins. "Well, there's something like squirrels, only they aren't squirrels," she explained. "They're prairie dogs." "Don't like dogs," said the boy, looking a bit uneasy. "Oh, they're not like dogs at all. They're soft and fluffy and gentle," said Twinkle. Do they bark? He asked. Yes, but they don't bite. How do you know, Twink? Papa's told me about them lots of times. He says they're so shy that they run into their holes when anybody's round. But if you keep quiet and watch, they'll stick their heads out in a few minutes. Fine, let's watch then," said Chubbins. All right," she agreed. Very near to some of the mounds was a raised bank covered with soft grass. So the children stole softly up to this bank and lay down upon it in such a way that their heads just stuck over the top of it, while their bodies were hidden from the eyes of any of the folks of Prairie Dog Town. Are you comfortable, Chub? Asked the little girl. Yep. Then lie still and don't talk, and keep your eyes open, and maybe the animals will stick their heads up. All right," said Chubbins. So they kept quiet and waited. And it seemed a long time to both the boy and the girl before a soft furry head popped out of a nearby hole, and two big, gentle brown eyes looked at them curiously. Chapter Three, Mister Boko, the Mayor. Oh dear me," said the prairie dog, speaking almost in a whisper. "Here are some of those queer humans from the village." Let me see. Let me see," cried two shrill little voices. And the wee heads of two small creatures popped out of the hole and fixed their bright eyes upon the heads of Twinkle and Chubbins. "Go down at once," said the mother prairie dog. "Do you want to get hurt, you naughty little things?" "We won't get hurt." "Oh goodness gracious, they won't get hurt," said another deeper voice. And the children turned their eyes toward a second mound, on top of which sat a plump prairie dog whose reddish fur was tipped with white at the end of each hair. He seemed to be quite old, or at least well along in years, and he had a wise and thoughtful look on his face. They're humans," said the mother. "Oh goodness gracious! True enough, but they're only human children. I wouldn't hurt your little one for all the world," said the old one. "That's so," called Twinkle. "All we want is to get acquainted." "Oh goodness gracious me! Why, in that case, you're very welcome to our town, and we're glad to see you," replied the old prairie dog. Thank you," said Twinkle. It didn't occur to her just then that it was wonderful to be talking with the little prairie dogs, just as if they were people. It seemed very natural they should speak with each other and be friendly. As if attracted by the sound of voices, little heads began to pop out of the other mounds, one here and one there, until the town was alive with the pretty creatures, all squatting near the edges of their holes and eyeing Chubbins and Twinkle with grave and curious looks. Let me introduce myself, goodness gracious," said the old one that had first proved to be friendly. 
My name is Boko, and I'm mayor and high chief of Prairie Dog Town. Don't you have a king? asked Twinkle. Not in this town, he answered. There seems to be no place for kings in the three United States, and being mayor and high chief is good as king any day. I think so too, answered the girl. Better, declared Chubbins. The mayor smiled as if pleased. I see you've been brought up properly, he continued. And now let me introduce you to some of my fellow citizens. This, he said, pointing with one little paw to the hole where the mother and her two children were sitting, is Mrs. Puffpudgy and her family, Teenty and Weenty. Mr. Puffpudgy, I regret to say, was recently chased out of town for saying his prayers backwards. How could he be? asked Chubbins, much surprised. Oh, goodness gracious, he was always contrary, and wouldn't do things the same way that others did. His good wife, Mrs. Puffpudgy, had to scold him all day long. So we finally made him leave the town, and I don't know where he's gone to. Won't he be sorry not to have his little children anymore? asked Twinkle regretfully. I suppose so, but if people are contrary and won't behave, they must take the consequences. This is Mr. Chuckledorf, continued the mayor, and a very fat prairie dog bowed to them most politely. And here is Mrs. Fuzzcum and Mrs. Chatterby, and Mr. Sneasley, and Dr. Dotham. All these folks bowed gravely and politely, and Chubbins and Twinkle bobbed their heads in return until their necks ate, for it seemed as if the mayor would never get through introducing the hundreds of prairie dogs that were squatting all around. I'll never be able to tell one of them from another, whispered the girl, because they all look exactly alike. Some's fatter, observed Chubbins, but I don't know which. Chapter 4. Presto Digi, the Magician And now, don't you know, we will be pleased to have you visit some of our houses, said Mr. Boko the mayor in a friendly tone. But we can't, exclaimed Twinkle. We're too big. And she got up and sat down upon the bag to show him how big she really was when compared with the prairie dogs. Oh, goodness gracious, that's not the matter in the least, the mayor replied. I'll have Presto Digi, our magician, reduce you to our size. Can he? asked Twinkle doubtfully. Our magician can do anything, declared the mayor. Then he sat up and put both his front paws to his mouth and made a curious sound that was something like a bark and something like a whistle, but not exactly like either. Then everyone waited in silence until a queer old prairie dog slowly put his head out of the big mound near the center of the village. Good morning, Mr. Presto Digi said the mayor. Good morning, answered the magician, blinking his eyes as if he had just awakened from sleep. Twinkle nearly laughed at this scrawny, skinny personage, but by good fortune, for she didn't wish to offend him, she kept her face straight and did not even smile. Goodness gracious, we have two guests here this morning, continued the mayor, addressing the magician, who are a little too large to get into our houses. So if they are invited to stay to luncheon, it would please us all if you would kindly reduce them to fit into our underground rooms. Is that all you want? asked Mr. Presto Digi, bobbing his head at the children. Seems a great deal to me, answered Twinkle. I'm afraid you could never do it. Oh my, oh my, said the magician in a scornful voice that was almost a bark. I can do that with one paw. Come here to me, and don't step on any of our mounds while you're so big and clumsy. 
So Twinkle and Chubbins got up and walked slowly toward the magician, taking great care where they stepped. Teenty and Weenty were frightened and ducked their heads with little squeals as the big children passed their mound. But they bobbed up again the next moment, being curious to see what would happen. When the boy and girl stopped before Mr. Presto Digi's mound, he began waving one of his thin, scraggy paws and at the same time made a gurgling noise that was deep in his throat. And his eyes rolled and twisted around in a very odd way. Neither Twinkle nor Chubbins felt any effect from the magic, nor any different from ordinary, but they knew they were growing smaller because their eyes were getting closer to the magician. Is that enough? asked Mr. Presto after a while. Oh, goodness gracious, just a little more, please, replied the mayor. I don't want them to bump their heads against the doorways. So the magician again waved his paw and chuckled and gurgled and blinked until Twinkle suddenly found she had to look up at him as he squatted on his mound. Stop, she screamed. If you keep on going, we won't be anything at all. Oh, you're just about the right size, said the mayor, looking them over with much pleasure. And when the girl turned around, she found Mr. Boko and Mrs. Puffpudgy standing beside her, and she could easily see that Chubbins was no bigger than they, and she was no bigger than Chubbins. Kindly follow me, said Mrs. Puffpudgy, for my little darlings are anxious to make your acquaintance, and as I was the first to discover you, you are to be my guest first of all, and afterward go to the mayor to lunch. Chapter 5 the home of the Puff Pudgies. So Twinkle and Chubbins, still holding hands, trotted along to the Puff Pudgy Mound, and it was strange how rough the ground now seemed to their tiny feet. They climbed up the slope of the mound rather clumsily, and when they came to the hole it seemed to them as big as a well. Then they saw that it wasn't a deep hole, but a sort of tunnel leaning downhill into the mound, and Twinkle knew if they were careful, they were not likely to slip or tumble down. Mrs. Puffpudgy popped into the hole like a flash, for she was used to it, and waited just below the opening to guide them. So Twinkle slipped down to the floor of the tunnel, and Chubbins followed close after her, and they began to go downward. It's a little dark right here, said Mrs. Puffpudgy. But I've ordered the maid to light the candles for you, so you'll see well enough when you're in the rooms. Thank you, said Twinkle walking along the hall and feeling her way by keeping her hand upon the smooth sides of the passage. I hope you won't go to any trouble or put on airs just because we've come to visit you. If I do, replied Mrs. Puffpudgy, it's because I know the right way to treat company. We've always belonged to the 400, you know. Some folks never know what to do or how to do it, but that isn't the way with the Puffpudgies. Hi, you, Teenty and Weenty. Get out of here and behave yourselves. You'll soon have a good look at our visitors. And now they came into a room so comfortable and even splendid that Twinkle's eyes opened wide with amazement. It was big and of a round shape, and on the walls were painted some very handsome portraits of different prairie dogs of the Puff Pudgy family. The furniture was made of white clay, baked hard in the sun, and decorated with paints made from blue clay and red clay and yellow clay. This gave it a gorgeous appearance. There was a round table in the middle of the room, and several comfortable chairs and sofas. Around the walls were little brackets with candles in them, lighting the place very pleasantly. "'Sit down, please,' said Mrs. Puffpudgy. "'You'll want to rest a minute before I show you around.' 
So Twinkle and Chubbins sat upon the pretty clay chairs, and Teenty and Weenty sat opposite them, and stared with their mischievous round eyes as hard as they could. "'What nice furniture!' exclaimed the little girl. "'Yes!' replied Mrs. Puffpudgy, looking at the picture of a sad-faced prairie dog. "'Mr. Puffpudgy made it all himself. He was very handy at such things. It's a shame he turned out to be so obstinate. Did he build the house, too?' "'Why, yes, he dug it out, if that's what you mean, but I advised him how to do it, so I deserve some credit for it myself. Next to the mayor, it's the best house in town, which accounts for our high social standing. Weenty, take your paw out of your mouth. You're biting your claws again.' "'I'm not!' said Weenty. "'And now,' continued Mrs. Puffpudgy, "'if you're arrested, I'll show you through the rest of our house.' They got up and followed her, and she led the children through an archway into the dining room. Here was a cupboard full of the cunningest little dishes Twinkle had ever seen. They were all made of clay, baked hard in the sun, and were of graceful shapes, and nearly as smooth and perfect as her own dishes. Chapter 6 Teenty and Weenty All around the sides of the dining room were pockets or bins in the wall and these were full of things that prairie dogs are most fond of eating. Clover seeds filled one bin, and sweet roots another. Dried mulberry leaves, that must have come from a long distance, were in another bin, and even kernels of yellow field corn were heaped in one place. The puff pudgies were surely in no danger of starving for some time to come. Tinty, put back that grain of wheat, commanded the mother in a severe voice. Instead of obeying, Teenty put the wheat into his mouth and ate it as quickly as possible. "'The little dears are so restless,' said Mrs. Puffpudgy to Twinkle, "'that it's hard to manage them.' "'They'll behave,' remarked Chubbin, staring hard at the children. "'No, they have a share of their father's obstinate nature,' replied Mrs. Puffpudgy. "'Excuse me a minute and I'll cuff them. It'll do them some good.' But before their mother could reach them, the children found trouble of their own. Teenty sprang at Weenty and began to fight, because his brother had pinched him, and Weenty fought back with all his might and mane. They scratched with their claws and bit with their teeth and rolled over and over upon the floor, bumping into the wall and upsetting the chairs, and snarling and growling all the while like two puppies. Mrs. Puffpudgy sat down and watched them, but did not interfere. "'Won't they hurt themselves?' asked Twinkle anxiously. Perhaps so, said the mother. But if they do, it will punish them for being so naughty. I always let them fight it out, because they are so sore for a day or two afterwards that they have to keep quiet. And then I get a little rest. Weenty set up a great howling just then, and Teenty drew away from his defeated brother and looked at him closely. The fur on both of them was badly mussed, and Weenty had a long scratch on his nose that must have hurt, or he wouldn't have howled so. Teenty's left eye was closed tightly, but if it hurt him, he bore the pain in silence. Mrs. Puffpudgy now pushed them both into a little room and shut them up, saying they must stay there until bedtime, and then she led Twinkle and Chubbins into the kitchen and showed them a pool of clear water in a big clay basin that had been caught during the last rain and saved for drinking purposes. The children drank of it and found it cool and refreshing. Then they saw the bedrooms and learned that the beds of prairie dogs were nothing more than round hollows made in heaps of clay. These animals always curl themselves up when they sleep, 
and the round hollows just fit their bodies, so no doubt they found them very comfortable. There were several bedrooms where the puff pudgy house was really very large. It was also very cool and pleasant, being all underground and not a bit damp. After they had admired everything in a way that made Mrs. Puff Pudgy very proud and happy, their hostess took one of the lighted candles from a bracket and said she would now escort them to the house of the Honorable Mr. Boko, the Mayor. Chapter 7 The Mayor Gives a Luncheon Don't we have to go upstairs and out of doors? asked Twinkle. Oh no, replied the prairie dog. We have halls connecting all the different houses of importance. Just follow me, and you can't get lost. They might easily have been lost without their guide, the little girl thought, after they had gone through several winding passages. They turned this way and that in quite a bewildering manner, and there were so many underground tunnels going in every direction that it was a wonder Mrs. Puffpudgy knew which way to go. You ought to have signposts, said Chubbins, who had once been in a city. Why? As for that, everyone in the town knows which way to go, answered their guide, and it isn't often we have visitors. Last week a grey owl stopped with us for a couple of days, and we had a fine ball in her honor. But you're the first humans that have ever been entertained in our town, so it's quite an event with us. A few minutes later, she said, Here we are at the mayor's house. And as they passed under a broad archway, she blew out her candle, because the mayor's house was so brilliantly lit. "'Goodness gracious me! Welcome!' said Mr. Boko, greeting the children with polite bows. "'You're just in time for luncheon is about to be ready, and my guests are waiting for you, don't you know?' He led them at once into a big dining room that was so magnificently painted with coloured clays that the walls were as bright as a June rainbow. "'How pretty!' cried Twinkle, clapping her hands together in delight. "'I'm glad you like it so much,' said the mayor, much pleased. Some people who are lacking in good taste think it's a little overdone, but a mayor's health should be gorgeous, don't you know? So as to be a credit to the community. My grandfather who designed and painted this house was a very fine artist. But luncheon is ready, so pray be seated. They sat down on little clay chairs that were placed at the round table. The mayor sat on one side of Twinkle, and Mrs. Puffpudgy on the other, and Chubbins was between the skinny old magician and Mr. Sneasley, also, in other chairs sat Dr. Dosum, and Mrs. Chatterby, and Mrs. Fuzzcombe, and several others. It was a large company indeed, which showed that the mayor considered this an important occasion. They were waited upon by several sleek prairie dog maids in white aprons and white caps, who looked neat and respectable, and were very graceful in their motions. Neither Twinkle nor Chubbins was very hungry, but they were curious to know what kind of food the prairie dogs ate, so they watched carefully when different dishes were passed around. Only grains and vegetables were used, while prairie dogs did not eat meat. There was a milkweed soup at first, and then yellow corn, boiled and sliced thinly. Afterwards, they had a salad of thistle leaves, and some bread made of barley. The dessert was a dish of sweet dark honey made by prairie bees, and some cakes flavoured with sweet and spicy roots that only prairie dogs know how to find. The children tasted several dishes, just to show their politeness, but they couldn't eat much. Chubbin spent most of his time watching Mr. Presto Digi, who ate up everything that was near him, and seemed to be as hungry after the luncheon as he was before. Mrs. Puffpudgy talked so much about the social standing and dignity of the Puffpudgies, 
but she couldn't find time to eat much, although she asked for the recipe of the milkweed soup. But most of the others present paid strict attention to the meal and ate with very good appetites. Chapter 8. On Top of the Earth Again Afterwards, they all went into the big drawing room where Mrs. Fuzzcomb sang a song for them in a very shrill voice, and Mrs. Chatterby danced a graceful minuet that was much admired by all present. We ought to be going home, said Twinkle after this entertainment was over. I'm afraid our folks begin to worry about us. Oh, goodness gracious me, we regret to part with you, replied the mayor. But if you really think you ought to go, we'll not be so impolite as to urge you to stay. You'll find we have excellent manners, added Mrs. Puff Pudgy. I want to get big again, said Chubbins. Very well, please up this way, don't you know, said the mayor. So they all followed him through a long passage until they began to go upward, as if climbing a hill. And then a gleam of daylight showed just ahead of them, and a few more steps brought them to the hole in the middle of the mound. The mayor and Mrs. Puffpudgy jumped up first, and then they helped Twinkle and Chubbins to scramble out. The strong sunlight made them blink their eyes for a time, but when they were able to look around, they found one or more heads of the prairie dogs sticking out from every mound. Now then, Mr. Prejudigy, said the mayor when all the party were standing on the ground, Please enlarge our friends to their natural sizes again, don't you know? This is very easy, said the magician with a sigh. I really wish, Mr. Mayor, you would find me something difficult to do. Oh, I will sometime, don't you know, promised the mayor. Just now, this is all I can require of you. So the magician waved his paw and gurgled, much in the same way he had done before. And Twinkle and Chubbins began to grow and swell out until they were as large as ever, and the prairie dogs again seemed very small beside them. Goodbye, said the little girl. And thank you all very much for your kindness to us. Goodbye, goodbye, answered a chorus of small voices. And then all the prairie dogs popped into their homes and quickly disappeared. Twinkle and Chubbins found they were sitting on the green bank again at the edge of Prairie Dog Town. Do you think we've been asleep, Chub? asked Twinkle. Of course not replied Chubbins with a big yawn. It's easy enough to know that, Twink, because I'm sleepy now. The End <laughs>